0: All right, and I'd uh, like to ask you, what do you think are the biggest obstacles and problems girls and women are facing in the future, and what kinds of policies would you like to see implemented to protect the rights and uh, safety of girls and women?
1: Great. So, I mean, these are very big problems, um, and these are very big and critical issues, and they run the gamut from... um, from sexual violence and abuse to human rights abuse to economic um, inequality and oppression and unequal wages and lack of good jobs and lack of choice—not just reproductive choice, which is part of part of this—but there needs to be bigger choice as well: educational choices and economic choices. You know, I think women are are vulnerable because we tend to be caretakers and responsible for the other vulnerable people in society, for elderly parents and sick family members and kids. Women are by nature caretakers and that makes us um, vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the measure of a society is how it takes care of its vulnerable and whether we are an equitable society. And by Firmly upholding human rights and economic human rights, and uh, the right to um, to safety and freedom from violence and freedom from sexual violence and domestic violence and human trafficking and forced prostitution. You know, by standing up for those rights, um, you know we stand up for the rights of everyone. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice mm-hmm. everywhere. And you know, looking around the world. Women are the farmers, you know, and the caretakers, um, and uh, you know, really kind of the guardians of our younger generation and our elders. So it's very important that equal rights and uh, justice be extended uh, across gender issues and uh, to women.
0: And what? Where do you stand on prostitution and mm. pornography? And do you know anything about the Nordic model? I don't. know what is that? It's um, a model of policy that decriminalizes the prostitutes and criminalizes the Johns. So, mm-hmm. in other words, um, men mm-hmm. who are engaging as pimps and yeah. um, even buying sex from women um, are the ones who are criminalized. But the women who are selling themselves are in a part of this mm-hmm. um this thing is they are not criminalized Mm -hmm. is kind Mm -hmm. of it in a nutshell Mm
1: -hmm. great and and I think you know the whole issue of prostitution is really and and the points you make are really important that you know that if there are constraints put around um, around prostitution those constraints should not be victimizing women who are the victims to start with which makes the larger point that if there were economic justice, women would not be forced into prostitution to start with. Mm-hmm. So it's very important. You know, I know there are there are principled people out there who uh, believe that uh, prostitution, um, you know, should be criminalized because it victimizes women. But you know, I think there's a larger victimization here, um, which is that you know, women should not be forced economically into having to sell their bodies and to sell sex in mm-hmm. order to survive. Well, and we the sh- men
0: who are creating this system should mm-hmm. be held responsible, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, that's what the Nordic model basically is yes. proposing. Right. So. And, and
1: I think there's value to that, to not blaming the women, you know, for, uh, for the prostitution. But society as a whole I think has really abandoned women to start with for anybody to be forced into selling themselves. Mm-hmm.
0: And where do you stand on gender identity legislation such as the Equality Act, the Federal Equality Act that Tammy Baldwin, our senator, is one of the um, writers of?
1: So tell me some of the details about that because I'm not familiar with it in Interesting.
0: Depth. Okay well um, basically gender identity legislation um, makes into law protections for people who identify with oh. a gender that maybe they weren't assigned mm-hmm. at birth, mm-hmm. and it's gender has actually been expanded out into many different kinds of gender. There's cisgender, there's agender, okay. there's bigender, there's gender fluid, mm-hmm. there's transgender. Mm-hmm. So gender identity legislation protects people who identify with a gender, mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm through this protection, it allows for biological males to enter into what previously were protected spaces for girls and women, such as bathrooms and locker rooms. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there are radical feminists who overlap with Mm -hmm. the Republicans on that issue, not for the same reasons, but um, the the legislation that's coming out is so horrible because it's anti-gay and anti lesbian and also mm-hmm. um, anti transgender and so then mm-hmm. there's no legislation out there to protect the rights of girls and women from sexual predators mm-hmm. because um, you know you can there's a biological level to physical sex and you can believe that you are or identify all that you want that you are the opposite sex but when it comes to um, forced entry and then impregnation, which is something mm-hmm. that women are vulnerable to just mm-hmm. based on our biology and not how we perceive ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a problem because then, mm-hmm. and, you know, men could, can and do, and there's evidence for this, get into women's protected spaces and then it makes women uncomfortable. It makes them feel unsafe. And there's even some reports of sexual predators attacking women or exposing themselves to women mm-hmm. in these spaces. So mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Interesting. Yeah.
1: You know, I think where I stand on this, you know, I haven't seen the evidence that, um, that men who transgender, exactly, they've got the same rate violate. of violence
0: as mm-hmm. the general male population. In other words, it doesn't matter if they transgender or they don't. Men are the per- perpetrators of most of the violence in our society. We could probably agree on that. Sure. You know, like rape violence, for example, right. most of it. 90 Upwards of 90% is men perpetuating violence against women. So um, there was a study done in a hmm. Scandinavian country hmm. that looked at the long-term impact of transgendering on men who did that, but the other men who did not. And they have the same statistical rates of violence against women.
1: Mm-hmm. So, and so, are you saying that allowing um, trans women who identify as women? Uh, Into bathrooms is a dangerous thing. Is that what you're saying?
0: It's a slippery slope and yes that it it Mm -hmm. could be a dangerous thing Right, and it's not just bathrooms. It's also prisons women's prisons Prisons for example that are sex segregated because there's a huge record out Mm -hmm. there. Do your research Mm -hmm. get online go to Mm -hmm. gender identity watch um, of sex offenders who are now transgendering so that they can get into women's prisons. This makes the women feel really uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. you know, and homeless shelters, too. So it's not just bathrooms or locker rooms. Mm -hmm.
1: I guess what I'd like to see is the evidence that there's actually problems that are taking place there. Um, Yeah, like I said, it's it's online.
0: I can send you a video that's Mm -hmm. like a compilation Mm -hmm. of case after case after case of men who have transgendered and are sexual predators and are violent. Mm-hmm. So I could send you that video. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: you know, I've heard um, hypotheticals about that, but actually... You seen... I have act- not actually seen evidence of that. And there is so much discrimination against people who are transgender that, you know, I think we have a real burden of, um, what should we say, a responsibility to ensure equity and... The lack of, of bias. Put it this way: there's the potential to violate people sexually or physically, and to commit violence, regardless of where you are. You know, whether you are in a bathroom or anywhere else. Um, maybe it's important that we have um, private spaces for people who want full privacy, regardless. You know, because mm-hmm. because predators come in all shapes and and sizes and We need to feel like we have safe spaces regardless mm-hmm. and
0: especially in sleeping quarters for homeless women and in prisons For mm-hmm. women who are in prison, mm-hmm. you know, because I mean that takes it to a whole nother level. Yeah, it's not just like yeah. walking down the street
1: <laughs> right and, and I think you know, maybe the way to sort this out is is that we need to ensure people feel safe and that to understand that being a male doesn't make you a predator, and being a transgender woman doesn't make you a predator either. Um, and that people who are not trans and people who are not male are also capable of committing violence. So, you know, I mean, we need to be in the a st- peaceful society. if you look society. at the
0: statistics, it's, it, it is not women who are committing these heinous acts of sexual crimes and violence. It's men. Are committing these acts of violence, so uh,
1: it's true, but it's not all men. No, it's, it's not. It's and not. there's a
0: term for that in radical feminism. It's mm-hmm. not Not mm-hmm. all men are like that. Mm-hmm. But then that's a, a derail mm-hmm. from looking at and focusing in on the problem. I mean, not all white people are racists, but that's also a derail mm-hmm. to looking at the problem of, of racism. So, mm-hmm.
1: I think there are derails no matter which side you cut the issue on. You know, and if you. Um, are guarded against males because they have a greater propensity for violence, you're also then, you know, doing an injustice to males who are not prone to violence. So, you know, my my point is that we need to enhance safety and uh, peace and human respect throughout society in many ways, and there are many ways that we drive violence. Uh, you know, across genders, between genders, within genders. We're a very violent society. Do you think gender is
0: something innate, or do you think it's something that is socially constructed?
1: I think it's both and not only socially constructed, but I think we also live in a, um, in a chemically active society, and chemicals are also very gender active. So um, there are many- What do you mean by that? Like oh, yeah. hormones or? Um, well, there are many chemicals which are hormonally active. You know, they're called endocrine disruptors. There's a whole mm-hmm. class of them. And you know, we there's a lot Isn't of evidence- is that based on
0: biological sex?
1: Uh, it's also time of exposure, so that you can have biological females who are exposed to certain um, uh, hormonally active substances at various points in development, and you know not only can you change um, you know physical attributes, but at much lower levels of exposure, you can change behavior and identity, and. What's
0: causing these chemicals to be there? Is this oh, we live environmental in a, Yes. Oh, yeah, we live thing. in a very
1: polluted thing. And, you know, there are all these um, so-called gender-bender uh, hormones that, uh, for example, cause premature puberty. They probably contribute to cancer rates um, of reproductive uh, systems, prostate cancer as well. So then, in
0: a sense, that's still socially caused <laughs> because the environmental problems are socially caused.
1: Well, put it this way, they're not genetic.
0: That's right. They're not mm. genetic.
1: You know, I don't think we understand gender I don't think we understand yeah. gender at all well there's a
0: radical feminist view of gender that I'll share with you which is that it's a system of oppression that subordinates well, that's women sure. to men yes. and um, so therefore radical feminists wish to abolish the system of gender much like anti-racists wish, wish to abolish the system of racism uh-huh. so uh-huh. it's a good analogy <laughs> so, but anyway thank you Great. so much yeah, Jill well, thank Stein you. Yeah, good talking with you
1: <laughs> important question.